Anomalies, welcome back to the Naked Mennonite, the podcast here for all of Menno Simons' black sheep in the flock, you know. My name, of course, is Stephen Harder, so nice to have you here with me. And I've got uh, Mr. Patrick Siemens with me here, too. We, uh, we started having a little bit of this chitty chat here last week, you know, uh, about him and his experience as an atheist. Uh, and I felt like there was just a couple more things that I wanted to to chat with him about here. So I got him here on the line, uh, and I just wanted to, you know, just dive right back in here, you know. So why are you so angry with the church there, Patrick? If you're, Why are you such an angry, bitter person? That's the only possible reason, right, that, you're a, that you would leave this loving fellowship? Because you're angry? I, I think I have some anger. And I think my anger still sits around in the corners of my belly uh, regarding the fact that this is perpetuated for so long uh, and the system just perpetuates it and it keeps going. And I, and I think I'm angry at that system for its willingness to use fear to control the people and keep them submitting, giving money, spreading their story, evangelizing the world. And a lot of the people involved are well-meaning. They're just... Yeah, they're just in the system, programmed, following orders. Wait, sorry, I missed that. Did you say evangelism or did you say uh, religious uh, colonialism? Mm. Yeah, I suppose you could use that too. Oh, I didn't. Well, you could. You could. (laughs) Oh, right, okay. Speak the gospel to every creature. Yeah. Yep, I was in there. I was part of that. Oh, yeah, because you had mentioned um, that using fear uh, as a a tactic of the church, but isn't it true that the scriptures say uh, that perfect love casts out fear? I don't think there actually is fear tactics used in the church, do you? Right, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Yo, I... Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's, um, I've been in many conversations with people who trying to convince me to come back and to see, see it their way. And, um, through some basic questions and conversation, it usually does end up back to fear. Because of questions like, well, isn't it smarter to believe in the Bible and be wrong? Because at least you'll be saved forever. Or, um, you know, what if you're wrong? Those kinds of things. What, what if? if? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big question. And, and if, if you, one of my favorite lines is, I'm only slightly, very slightly more atheist than you. 
because of the 3,500 or so different religions, I don't believe in any of them. And you don't believe in any of them, save one. So percentage-wise, I'm not great at math, but you could figure that out. We're pretty close. So what if you're wrong about the 3,499? Oh, you mean like, uh, you know, uh, the what? Because uh, there's the Lutherans, <laughs> there's the Baptists, the Southern Baptists. What uh, uh, in Winnipeg? They're the Springs Church. Yeah, there's not there's not that thousands. Well, I'm talking religions, and then if you get into Christianity, I think we're at about thirty five thousand different denominations that. Uh... That was a number I'd heard. Oh. Yeah. Because you might not sprinkle the water on the head properly in that church when you baptize. So you have to get a different colored jar with uh, mineralized water, I think it is. And then pour it over your ear in the other church oh, or something. Ridiculous. Yeah. And so we, sh we better They're split up. Wrong, clearly about we better that. split churches over You'll... that and start well, another the one. scriptures are clear, Patrick. The Bible is very, very clear on all of those topics. <laughs> yep. Crystal clear. Yep. After all, it was only written, what, a couple thousand years ago in a few different languages that none of us speak anymore. But, well, people do speak them, just no one here. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, I saw, or I heard a, a joke, and I won't, I won't get the joke right, but it was and the, the gist of it was that the Christians go to the Jews and tell them their own history as though they know it better than the Jews do. And it's just funny. The Jews don't believe in Jesus being the Savior, their Savior, their own Savior, and you'd think they would know and that they would be able to interpret their own language and meanings of their own cultural history. But the Christians will say, no, we know better than you. And, uh, yeah. Well, have, have you read the Old Testament? They're stubborn people, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus came right to them, said, hey, here I am. Yeah. They didn't believe him. No, yeah. That, uh... That's so, so strange. Well, just one of those mysteries of the Bible, you know. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, well, you know, I'll, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jesus why, why, uh, why the Jews didn't believe him. And then I'll, I'll send you a message. Yeah. Well, you are. yeah. And it's, and it's fun listening to the different explanations, uh, justifying the Bible, like, uh, or why, why, uh, the devil planted dinosaur fossils all over the earth to fool people, uh, because the earth isn't that old or, how the Jews' uh, exodus out of Egypt for 40 years through the desert left not a trace of evidence. Um, and yet, somehow it happened. So maybe yeah, it just... They got washed away in the flood. Yeah, right, maybe, yeah. I think Noah's flood was, yeah. Also a fun one to listen to being explained, literally. <laughs> How'd the kangaroos get to uh, Australia? Yeah. <laughs> Even, oh, tell me. Dave. How did that happen? Oh, uh, you know, with all things, Patrick, God is possible. The Lord works in mysterious ways. 
mysterious ways. That's what faith is for, Patrick. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta bow your head and believe. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the very words of wisdom uh, someone gave me once. Once you may not believe this, Patrick, but you know, once I was also kind of struggling with my faith, and I mentioned this to to someone. Uh, in my extended family. And she said, you know, sometimes when there's things you don't understand, just got to bow your head in submission to God. Those words, they stuck with me. Yeah, and that's sort of like saying, well, just choose to believe again. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. and uh, wow. That's what I did after my, what was it, my first year of college when I had a, a patch of unbelief. After a while, I said, you know what? I don't know where I'm going, but I don't think it's a good place. So I'm just going to believe again. Mm -hmm. And I've not been able to do that. I, mm. I, well, you should try being 19. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe my mind is more flexible then when I'm 19 that I can pull that off. I, um, I want to make sure that I remain open-minded and that I'm not completely closed-minded. So if someone came up with the um, evidence that I need, and everyone's unique, so I'm unique in that way too, so whatever evidence I need to believe again, I am saying that I would and that I'm okay with that. Um, and I think that's a bit like science too, where... You are at a point of knowledge and understanding where you're at and you keep your mind open to new evidence and new research and new reasoning. And when you are shown to be incorrect or need some new ideas added or taken away from your current beliefs or lack thereof, I think it's very important to um, be willing to do that. Uh, Interesting. Being open-minded, that sounds dangerous. Yes, it is very dangerous. One of my favorite quotes is, oh boy, I think when I first heard it, it was uh, credited to Carl Sagan, but I think later on I found out it wasn't him, so that can be verified. But um, it says, Walk with those seeking truth. Run from those who claim they've found it. And so it leaves me, my, my journey has left me in a place of agnosticism, unknowing, um, being unconvinced, and it had felt for many years very unstable. Um, I think of that, that saying people like to throw around if you don't stand for something, you're not going to stand for anything, or something like that. And so, you'll, you'll or you fall for anything. anything. Yeah, sorry, man. I don't even get that right. So, um, yeah, it feels, it used to feel very turbulent, unstable, almost lost. Um, but, but eventually, that became comfortable and actually more honest and real for me. 
this state of not knowing. And I'm okay with it. I'm not saying I'm always 100% okay with it. There's still an uneasiness at times, but hardly anymore. And I, and I, I like it because it's um, better for my humility. It's better to for managing my ego. It's better for not judging others or not judging anything um, as, as easily when I just have this state of, of not knowing anything for sure. And a lot of people, including myself previously, would have thought that that's a, the most horrible place to be and that, that being scared to leave their faith because of that feeling alone was, is, is enough for a lot of people not to question their faith and whatever. I'm, I'm convinced now that it is a better place to be. What, what would your message be, you know, Patrick, if, heaven forbid, someone listening in on the party line here, uh, you know, they, they have that gnawing, at the, in the gut of their belly there, that that maybe they don't believe everything that they want to believe, and maybe that they're too scared to to uh, you know ask that question and to to open that door. Uh, what what words of advice would you have for someone who's maybe in a position like that and wondering what they should be doing and feeling a little apprehensive, maybe a bit scared? Yeah. Uh, it is, it's, um, it's worth being scared over. It's worth being anxious over. It's not easy. It's not going to be fun. Um, when you walk away from your faith, you walk away from a community. You sometimes have to walk away from family, close friends. You, you go through a rebirth and birth isn't easy. You go through... Yeah, a transformation that uh, involves pain and discomfort. But on the other side is, is a security and a comfort in knowing yourself better, being yourself more honestly and truly. Um, I remember being a Christian and hearing testimonials of people accepting Jesus and feeling this big weight off their shoulders. And I say, that's my experience leaving the faith. I have a big weight off my shoulders. I don't have to judge. Uh, and I don't have to other people to put them in a box other than me. We're all humans on this planet together. Another humanist philosophy we're all humans together equal and um i like that better uh, i would for practical advice i would say find your local humanist community and just sit in ask a few questions if you hear them or talk to them you'll learn that their story is likely very similar to yours and you can see for yourself are they happy are they content are they worse off are they better off and you can make your decision about challenging or leaving your faith based on that. Uh, there's actually a good movie documentary made by Winnipeg 
production company. It's called Losing My Religion, Losing Our Religion. Uh, and it's a story about clergy who have left the faith and, or are in the process of leaving their faith and are stuck. Um, some of them are stuck still being pastors, preachers, priests, and they are actually atheists and they don't know what to do because of all those things I mentioned, losing their job, losing their family, losing their community, losing so many things. Um, but it's a really good documentary. Very well done. Um, and the clergy project is another thing that is for clergy to come out uh, of the closet per se in their atheism and um, yeah, find community and find other people like them and to see that no, you're actually okay. And if you still choose to go back to your faith, that's up to you. Do it. But I would say don't just ignore that voice. Um, be true to yourself and examine it and examine it honestly, unbiased as possible. See where you end up. If, if what you have now in your Christian faith is the truth and it's absolute truth, it will withstand all your scrutiny. That was my philosophy going into my journey. I thought, no, this is the truth. And I'm confident in starting over with my faith that because it's certainly true, I will come back to it and it'll even be better than it was before. Didn't happen in my situation. But you know, for the rest of us, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure everything else would work out. Okay. Maybe the Calvinists have a thing about that whole predestination thing. Maybe you just weren't one of the predestined, you know? Yeah. And, and again, that's, uh, that's a tough one for that loving, just God to uh, square away that he would predestine me. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'll have, I'll have a word or two with him if I see him. Maybe you predestine yourself, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did I do that? How can I undo that? Because I'd like to be uh, who I want to be and still not suffer for eternity. So you're saying that you just want to sin. That's yes, true. well, that's right. Yes, that's where we were going. Just want to sin. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't feel like I'm any worse of a person since I've become an atheist. I still hold many of the normal um, rules of life. Uh, I attribute them to well, they're, they're also humanist rules of life. They're also Buddhist rules of life. And there's also, and there's a lot of crossover. And those ones I'm still good with. Um, and they guide me and they, yeah, they can be summed up in like the golden rule, which is in many, many faiths and ones that predate Christianity. Not a new idea. I like it. Uh, the idea of treating others how you want to be treated, right? Yes, along those lines. Although I've heard that it's yeah, laid out in, in the negative is actually more accurate. Why was that again? 
Don't do to others what you don't want done to you. You know, if I if I got an abortion, I think I'd be okay with being killed. Or, you know, imprisoned. I think that's fair. <laughs> okay. So, like, I think it's fair to treat each other the way that you want to be treated. You don't, mm. you don't see any holes in that logic? <laughs> that abortion topic is uh, a very hot potato. Mm. Yeah. Not eye for an eye. Seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, when it comes to, speaking of children, uh, do, did I hear you say that you have children? Yes, I have two children. Okay. What, uh, and are they, are they still, you know, childish age? Or are they grown up? What's, what's your status there? One's a teenager and one's uh, about a year away from being a teenager. And, um, yeah, it's been interesting observing them uh, grow up very differently than I did. I, I, I have this problem. I do it with everyone, not just my kids, but I sort of have this, these blinders on and I assume that everyone's life is like mine. And I, and I catch myself observing my kids and going, oh yeah, they're Christians and they know all the Bible stories and they, um, yeah, have grown up like me. And then I go, oh, yeah, they hardly know Bible stories and they don't know all the hymns and the songs I grew up with in camp. And they don't, and luckily they don't have that fear uh, of their salvation or lack thereof like I did as a kid. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just a bizarre observation. And I feel, I feel happy for them. I feel happy that they'll be able to make their own decision and they won't have to take this and uh, make it their own. Like I was trying to do at Prov, you know, where they were, they won't have to clear it away down to the foundation, which is God and build it back up. Um, they will be able to approach the world, hopefully with critical thinking skills and Reason and logic and science and um, love and community and all those good things and be able to be themselves and believe or not believe in whatever they choose to. And um, yeah, I'm still trying to f wrestle with what would I do if they became Christians and joined the church uh, when they are adults and... Uh, I know the right answer is that as long as they're happy and they're not harming others, they can believe whatever they want. And that is what I want my answer to be. But I know it would be a struggle. If they became Christians, maybe especially fundamentalist or extreme right Christians, that would be a tough one. But I'd love them anyway. Well, your parents are able to do it, aren't they? Yes. Yes, my parents do love me. Still. <laughs> and I think they're able to see that I'm still a good kid. Despite well, my, my lack of faith. 
certainly childish, right? Yeah. 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 Not something we talk about a lot. Or pretty I much ever. can't imagine. <laughs> so uh, my last question for you here, Patrick. Uh, so say, uh, say one day you uh, decide to pass on. Or maybe you don't choose. Apparently, we don't have choice about these things or anything. <laughs> uh, and uh, you close your eyes and you open them, and oh, you're standing at the pearly gate, and there is God before you. What do you want to hear God say to you? I'm gifting you the power of flight. It's always been a dream of mine to fly oh, like Superman. Yeah, no kidding. Go right back to your teenage days there of uh, flying. Did you ever get your pilot's license at Prof? Yes, I did. Oh. And did yes. you give it up or do you still fly? No, I, I don't fly anymore. It's uh, too expensive of a hobby. Uh, I get motion sickness and I have a small bladder. All not good things. Three strikes, you're out of the cockpit. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I would want, I would, I would request God to like give me the, the ability to fly like Superman because when I, ever since I was a kid, I've had the ability to lucid dream at times. And what I like to do when I lucid dream, even now, is fly like Superman. So I just like take a few steps and launch and fly around. So yeah. But no, if, if I had a few more questions, I'd probably, uh, or what I, well, yeah, you asked what, what I want him to say to me. Um, I would want him to say, Hey, you know what? I can see that you were a good guy that you tried. You did well. You raised your kids. Well, you weren't perfect, but you weren't any worse than most of the other people in here. So, uh, Hey, you couldn't find the reason to believe. So, I'm okay with that. That's not really a big sin. That's not something worth tossing you in that fire pit over there uh, because you're still you're still worth something. After all, it's not your fault that you're so dumb that you couldn't see what yeah. clearly was communicating to you, right? I must just be dense. have a thick skull. Maybe Can't blame a, a guy special, for that. There's probably a special remedial heaven for people like you. Yeah, like, you would oh, think. Poor, like those, like, you know, like puppies with just like three legs, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah. you're ugly, but you know, <laughs> we're going to bring you to this nice farm and you can run around in a little caged area. Till you yeah. Prematurely. Yeah. You know, well, you won't get like 36 virgins to yourself, but, you know, there'll be pizza <laughs> on the Fridays. Yeah. Casual Fridays there for you. Fish Fridays, isn't that Catholic? <laughs> I don't know nothing about witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they serve fish fillets at uh, McDonald's. Oh, Filet of fish. The, just for the Catholics. Yep, that's the origins of that one. Interesting. Hmm. And, and apparently, um, you know, this is all like religion from grade 10 in school in Rosenberg. But anyway, the story was also that um, the 
fish on Fridays for Catholics had to do with the Catholics were running the fisheries back in the day. And that was a nice way to make sure they uh, had some good income. And they were teaching you that in school in Rosenort? Oh, yeah. Those terrible Catholics. That was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I (laughs) must have missed that here. Maybe I wasn't getting those (laughs) classes like I should have been. Maybe I should have grown up in. In Rosenort, maybe then I would know a thing or two more. Yeah. Hey, but I know someone you should have on your show. Who's that? Tell me. Oh, Cameron Duick. Which Cameron? The author of Menomoto. Okay. I've, uh, I was at the MHV the other day, and I was talking to someone about that book. And I took a picture of the cover, and I think I may go back and buy it and read it yet. Cameron Duick. Okay, do you know if he's from Ditseed or Yonseed? He is from Riverton area, so I don't know what that would That's qualify. Yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah. he, he uh, a duke, you said? Yeah. Oh, he qualifies for sure. Oh There's yeah, definitely. Good crakers up there, and yeah, yo. Well, this has been a really interesting conversation here, Patrick. I hope you'll think about some of these things that I've said. And, you know, if you need anyone to lead you in the prayer of salvation, uh, you know, you can just give me a call here and I'll tell you the words to say that will give you back your eternal life that can never, ever be taken away from you. Ever. Oh, by yo. Oh, by yo. Well, if they can't, then I'm already good. Oh, yeah, well. Because I did that back in the day. Well, I don't know if that counted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm but, a little unclear whether you can leave or not, or never leave, or I don't know. Is it Hotel California or not? I don't know anything about that. I'm not supposed to listen oh, to those okay. kind of songs. Oh, okay, Especially great. The long ones like that. Holy drug anthems yeah. right there. <laughs> that and was it Paradise by the Dashboard Lights? Was that another one that was like 20 Maybe, minutes yeah. long? Stairway to Heaven and the Lakes. Oh, devil music. Now, yet, speaking of music, I think my hymn sing program is going to be coming on right away here. So thank you so much for talking with me here today. Of course, uh, everyone, you can always uh, connect with uh, us here at the Nacken Mennonite at our Facebook group. Uh, that's where we'll, uh, we'll be if you have other recommendations of people who uh, would be re- have a really uh, beneficial story for for those black sheeps of uh, Menno's flock to hear, uh, then you can find us over there on the Facebook group, and you can get in touch with us there, and we'll have all sorts of information. Uh, and it's also just a good community place to connect uh, with other people who maybe don't fit in, just like you. Nio, until then, until next time, this is your host, Stephen Harder, reminding you uh, that uh, underneath our Sunday best, we're all naked. Take care and we'll talk to you next time.